Today's topic is the Bible, the word or words of God. Stay tuned. Let's discuss it. Cuss it. Hello, and thank you for joining me today. My name is Timmy Gibson. I'm your host here at the Timmy Gibson Show. Uh, Today's topic is the Bible, the word or words of God. You know, I've been giving this a lot of thought, and I want to take a look at it from not only a a biblical perspective, um, you know, what the Bible says about itself, but also looking at it honestly. I mean, without a preconceived idea, right? Like there's some people that may be listening to this right now that like, no, it is a word of God. <laughs> and there's, there's no conversation, no debate. No, you know, there's, there's no, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about this. That, you know, that doesn't exist in their, in their world. You know, it's much like the political debate, you know, the, the, the Democrats think the Republicans are crazy. The Republicans think the Democrats are crazy, you know, communists. And, you know, the, the Republicans are racist the, and, the, and the Democrats are communist. And, you know, it's, it's ridiculousness. Honestly, it's, it's absolute ridiculousness. And, uh, and I, don't, I don't want any part of that, nor do I want any part of any empirical question such as the nature of God, you know, the Bible, certain things like that. I mean, these are, these are great questions that on, on one hand, um, they're very much up for debate. And number two, um, sometimes when it, when you get into these kind of discussions, it, it, it's getting over into the realm of, of belief, you know, what you have belief in or what you have faith in rather than what is a fact, what is actually true. Uh, and when I mean true, like, you know, there are people that are still trying to quote unquote believe that the earth is flat. Well, it, it doesn't matter what they believe. It doesn't matter what faith they have in earth being flat. It, it's not flat. And and we know this, right? There, the evidence contradicts their belief. And so, you know, for me, my whole journey of seeking truth has been one of if the evidence proves otherwise, then, I, I, you know, for me personally, I'm just always going to go with uh, the evidence. Like uh, for me, that's, I, I can't not. And again, this is just my personal worldview, my personal way of looking at things that when I encounter something that is true because of evidence that that it is true. For example, if I believed, right, if my, if I believed that the world was flat until there was proof, it's fine. Your, your belief in it being round is no different than me believing that it's flat, right? I mean, our beliefs are equally what they are. And it wasn't until we had facts, evidence to prove otherwise, it was up for debate. And so, you know, when we talk about things, spiritual things, especially, you know, is there a God? Well, I mean, that's, that's something that we'll debate, I I don't know, uh, forever. I mean, because no one can prove the existence of God, nor can anyone prove that God doesn't exist. So when I think about the Bible, there are some things I do want to bring up. I don't think this will be a super long um, episode podcast here, but, you know, I spent 30 years as an evangelical pastor, you know, believing that the Bible was the word of God. And of course, what that means is and what, how we'll kind of unpack that, you know, um, yeah, is, is up for debate. So here's what we do know. Here's what we do know. That the Bible. Well, let me ask. Okay, let me let me let me let me just <laughs> let me let me uh, tell you the answer to the question. How I see it, you know, is the Bible the word or words of God? 
uh, the honest answer is we don't know full stop period right we don't know you know some say it is some say it isn't right but there's that okay so let's so that's the that's my answer my answer is is the bible the word of god we don't know okay because when you say the word of god what what that implicates or what that means or at least how i take that and like most people is that it's the words of god in other words this is this is god spoken right now men wrote it specifically men men wrote it because apparently God didn't speak to women, <clears throat> right? So God only speaks to men, okay? Um, and we know that the Bible was written by men, okay? God didn't write it. God didn't pen it. God didn't write it and then hand it off to someone. Men. Now, the Bible teaches, right, that men moved by God wrote the Bible. Okay. Again, did men, did God only move through men? And why would that be? Right. Okay. So, right. Clearly that, that God doesn't only move through men. So there's that. But I think if we were to, you know, put any, even a Bible believing Christian, you know, even an evangelical fundamental type Christian that, that believes that the Bible is the Word of God. If you were to put them on the stand in front of a court of law and ask them, you know, did God write the Bible? And and the answer would have to be no. I mean, because that's the truth. I mean, God didn't actually write it. So, you know, the answer would be no. So I think that everyone, whether they want to really agree with that or not, would have to agree that it wasn't actually God that wrote the Bible. It was men. Okay. Now, as the Bible says, it, it was men inspired by God or inspired by the Holy Spirit to write. Now, there again, and therein lies a much needed debate or a much a debate, right? I, I remember these debates in, in seminary, when I was in seminary. And these were things that were custom discussed, if you will, right? In other words, did, did men go into a trance-like state and then their hand just started moving and writing these words okay now again that we don't know the answer to that either because well i would think via the evidence we would know that that's not the case because of the mistakes right so you know god god's right and again i'm i'm using an argument for the other side and both sides at the same time so i like to play the devil's advocate advocate and so often when I talk about Christian, I'm not talking about me as a Christian. I'm talking about Christian in general. And sometimes that may differ in my own personal perspective. Okay. So, you know, the Bible teaches that are, are in the Bible, excuse me, in the Bible. So if that's true, that if, you know, God actually wrote the Bible, you know, that if Christians believe that, well, no, God inspired people and they wrote as by this Holy Spirit. Blah, blah, blah. If, if that is in fact true, then that begs to questions of like God's sanity and, and God's knowledge, right? Because some of the, some of the things in the Bible are just, um, you know, uh, in error, but, but, but that, you know, that for me, that's easy to, 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 uh, it's easy for me to unravel that just because, you know, I personally don't believe God actually did write the Bible and I don't believe people went into a trance and started writing the Bible. So, of course, there's going to be, you know, problems and inconsistencies and crazy stuff in the Bible, right? A woman commits adultery, stone her to death. Someone steals something, cut their hands off. If a child, you know, whatever, whip them with a, you know, I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like there's so many things in the Bible that you just go, really? God said that? Like, uh, that's crazy. Okay. Like, that's God's off his rocker. <laughs> okay. But again, I digress because I don't believe personally, uh, you know, I don't view the Bible as something that God wrote. Do I think that God may have inspired some people from time to time? Well, I believe yes, because I think God inspires people now, right? Or they feel inspired to write about God. And I, so let me, let me, jump around i'm kind of going all over the place but hopefully by the end of this this it, it'll make more sense 
Um, cause I was so here's the, how I even came up with this talk today. I was at the gym, I was lifting weights. I was listening to a podcast. I don't even know what it was about. Well, I mean, I don't know who it was even, uh, what it was, a, who was talking. That's what I'm trying to say. I know what it was about. It was about everything that's going on in the world today is what it was about. Um, but I just had this thought, like, as I was, as I was pumping iron, like, is the word of God, the words of God, you know, is the Bible actually the words of God? I'm actually reading down on my, my workout journal. Like when I have, when I'm at the gym, I have a journal with me so I can write down when I have thoughts. Is the Bible actually the word of God or is it the word of man about God? or the words of man about what they think to be the will of God, right? Because the, the Bible is the will, the new will, the, the old will, old will and testament, the new will and testament. So that's where I got that from, is the, the Bible, you know, at least what they taught in Bible college, <laughs> is that the Bible is, is the will, the will of God. All right, then the other thing I wrote down was the word of man about what they can't understand or know fully about God wrote this down the man's it's man's ideas and thoughts about something greater than themselves or something beyond themselves the word of God about what is a mystery the words of humans about what seems to be inhuman or alien or superior and then I wrote this down which is an interesting thought if an advanced alien race were to come to earth, you know, would we see them as God? Right. So, you know, is the Bible the word of God or really the word of man about God? So I answered the question of, we don't know. I tend to lean strongly to what seems to be more evidentially true, which is the Bible is the words of man about, excuse me, about God. Okay. So we, sorry, I'm burping. So we know, we know, okay. We know that the Bible was actually, you know, pinned by humans, by men specifically. And we know that at least so far right now, you know, what we know is that this was done around, you know, 2000 years ago, right? It was, I think the first record or the first writings that we have in regards to, you know, the monotheistic view of one God, it goes back about 2000 years, whatever, but about a hundred years after the existence of Jesus for the, for the new Testament specifically. And the old Testament, you know, predates that just a little, but not, 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 not too, too much. We have older religious writings that predate Christianity. But here's a couple things. There's a scripture. Matter of fact, I can I can look it up just so I can I can look this up. So hold on one second as I just type this in. Um, what does the Bible say about? Um, how would I word that? What does the Bible say about? The Bible. How's <laughs> that? The Word, the Word of God. There we go. Because there's that. There's a scripture that I often quote. Um, there we go. There we go. Fifty-two Bible verses about the Word of God. Uh, Hebrews four twelve says, "For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the intents of the heart." Okay, that's the Old Testament. The New Testament says this. Now, I, I want you to think about this just for a second, because at the time, so, and this is again everything I'm going to say right now. Do your own research, because what I'm getting ready to say right now is the stuff that we know, okay? There's some stuff we don't know, but there is some stuff that we do know, okay? And so one of the things that we do know is that this particular writing that I'm going to share with you was written before it was actually considered the Word of God. So this verse that I'm going to read here in just a second is coming from the New Testament, speaking of... The Old Testament, and specifically speaking of the first five books of the Bible, which is 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers. The first five books of the Bible, which was considered the Pentateuch, which pent meaning five, the Pentateuch, which is where what 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 we as Christians, the Old Testament is what we as Christians, what Christians call is the Jewish Bible. Okay. The Bible for the Jews is essentially the Old Testament. But essentially, really, what was around in Jesus' day was the first five books of the Bible. So this verse found in 2 Timothy, verse 16 and 17, chapter 3, says this, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Okay, that sounds really great, right? And it is great. It's a great, great deal. But that's not talking about the New Testament. The New Testament was not even in existence at this point. So, you know, when Christians want to throw around this whole God breathed and this and that and the other, that, that, that verse was not talking about the New Testament. So the New Testament is not included in this, okay? So, so, and that's a fact, okay? That's something we know. That's something that I, I don't know how anybody could argue any different than, like, you know, when people want to say, well, the Bible says, well, I just, I only read the Bible and I only trust the Bible and da 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 Okay, great. Let's just look at that then. You know, it's anytime you try to spin this back over to make it make sense, you know, you get into that land of, well, I don't care what the evidence is. I still believe the earth is flat kind of mentality. And, and I see that so much. It's so prevalent within the Christian realm, at least from what I've seen. Now, I have a limited view. Maybe there are more Christians out there that are extremely open-minded, uh, but I've not encountered too many of them um, in, in conversations that I've had. So that verse out of 2 Timothy, again, does not, it, it, it's not talking about the New Testament. And we know that it was at the Council of Nicaea in the year, what, 425 or 375, something like that, I forget now, um, at the Council of Nicaea when the Bible, the, the various books in the Bible were canonized or made to be holy scriptures. So, and these were men, again, men specifically, who were deciding this one gets in and this one doesn't get in. Now, they had a certain criteria for which, um, let me look and see what the criteria, the criteria for uh, canonization. Um, uh, of scripture of the Bible. There we go. Let's see what the, what the criteria was. Um, let's see here. Sorry. I'm just, I'm just doing this live as you can tell. Uh, let's see. Okay. There are two distinct questions concerning the recognition of the new Testament canon. Um, so there's two things. Oh, had to be written by an apostle. Um, that's it. Apostolic authorship was the only thing that was considered. Surely there's more than that. Oh, and then the book. Okay. The second thing is. The books were produced in the first century. Huh. Anyway, that that's a. Uh, I'd have to I'd have to do more research on it to to get clarity on that. But anyway, so the, the there was some kind of criteria, but again, again, you're you're. <laughs> there's no way on God's green earth. There were no agendas in this process right because humans were involved never in the history of all of humanity have humans ever been perfect or do things perfectly so there's no way that the bible is an exception to that rule there's no way <laughs> okay so so there's that. 
not to mention the books uh, the scriptures if you will things that were you know that even Jesus considered scriptures and would have as a Jewish young man been reading from and studying some of those are the, are the books that never made it into the Bible for whatever reason, okay? For whatever read, whatever the criteria was. I, you'll have to do your own research on this. I'm going to do further research on it. But but regardless, it doesn't matter what the process was, what the criteria was. None of that matters in in the assessment of is the Bible the words of God. I mean, on one hand, it, I guess we can say we don't know, but then on the other hand, it's like, well, of course, of course, it wasn't. I mean, just from what I've already talked about, there's, there's, of course, not. You know, of course, that's not uh, the case. Now, before anybody gets gets too mad at me and thinks that I'm degrading the Bible, I love the Bible. Uh, I think it has a lot of good stuff in it. Um, I mean, you know, I'm just being honest, but it has a lot of crazy stuff in it too, but it, it has a lot of good stuff in it. I still uh, read it. I still study from it. I still teach from it. I still uh, will consult it whenever I'm, you know, uh, in a quandary or in need of some guidance. You know, I will still read it to, to be inspired, to be challenged and so forth. So by saying that I don't believe that the Bible is the word of God, doesn't mean that I don't value it uh, in its teachings. Okay, that and, and that I mean, I and I can only tell you what's in my own heart. I love the Bible. I just don't. I just don't see it as um, as the one true book of God. And there's no other book that can um, or words that can you know. Compare. In other words, I don't, I don't, I don't view the Bible as some kind of a divine being or or a god. I don't, I don't view the Bible as a god. Um, how I view it, like I, I kind of, I've already mentioned this, but how I personally view it is, it's man's words about God. You know what they thought, how they experienced life, and how they felt, and how they believed, and how they whatever. Like it's the same with any other holy book. Um, and and you know, and to say you know, to say uh, you know, one of the arguments that within the Christian faith is well, you know, if it wasn't true, how has it st- you know stood the test of time all these years? It's like that that you know that's. That in itself is silly too, because the Hindu religion is ginormous, and uh, it's older than Christianity. So, in fact, it must be true. And Christianity, since it was create created afterwards, it must be false. I mean, you know, you get into certain kind of debates like that, and it's just silliness. You know, it's like there are there are people within the Islamic faith blowing themselves up based upon some crazy thing they believe about 72 virgins that they get when they, I mean, whatever stupid thing that they believe, um, just because they believe it and blow themselves up doesn't mean that they're greeted in heaven with 72 virgins. I mean, and that's been a belief for a long time. So that's ridiculous, you know, uh, and no slam on that religion. Obviously, um, that's an extreme, uh, radical, uh, side of, of, uh, I guess, is it Muslim, Islam, whatever. Uh, just like there are wingnut Christians, like the people in Topeka that, you know, that are nutballs. So every, every good thing can have nutballs in it. Uh, so, you know, that doesn't surprise me, but here's, here's the thing that I've, I've often wondered, like in my own brain, if, if the Bible, which I don't believe, but if the Bible was God's word, in other words, like God wrote it, why just 2000 years ago? I mean, humans have been, well, I believe humans have been on the earth for millions and millions and millions of years, but we only have proof, I think of, of 180,000 years either way. Um, 
where was the Bible then? Like, why why were there other religion other religions and belief systems fifty thousand years ago? And I forget. Matter of fact, like, while I have while I have you on the hook right here, let me look that up. The oldest religious text. See what? Um, let's see. The oldest religion. Well, according to Wikipedia, it's called the. Upanishad, Upanishads. I, I can't. I don't know what. The, how do you say that? U P A N I S H A D S. Upa Upanishads. Whatever. <laughs> Were uh, religious concepts that later came became Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism. Uh, one of the oldest known religious texts are Kesh Temple Hymn of Ancient Sumer a set of inscribed clay tablets which scholars typically date to around 2600 BCE. Uh, let's see. I'm looking up here. What's the 10 oldest, 10 oldest text of the... Okay, so yeah, well, the Kesh Temple hymn is the oldest. Then there's the Pyramid Texts, the religious texts from the the pyramid, which are in stone. You got to look that up. That's beautiful pyramid texts. Um, oh, these are just texts in in general. I guess they're not all religious. Oh, but no, some of them are. The Epic of Gilgamesh. The Epic of Gilgamesh. Get that word down. Um, the Riv, the Ridge Veda, which is um the hinduism um wow so let's goodness gracious the is the bible even on there huh so anyway <laughs> i'm looking this up and discovering this live right here right now um so i don't know what is this what is this podcast about what or what is this particular you know i my whole theme for my entire uh podcast is escaping religion and finding faith and it's it's been my journey you know away from the dogma of the religious perspective that i grew up under which was christianity more of an evangelical fundamental sect of christianity i mean christianity is a you say christianity and i mean that could be all the way from i mean like of course not including the the whack nuts you know the whack-a-balls that like play with snakes and and you know and hate people and like i say so i'm not going to include the whack nuts in christianity but even within christianity there's a huge sprawling group of let's just say when it comes to conservative i guess conservative and liberal in the rea- in, in context of christianity so within the bounds of christianity Let's just say on the far right, you would have a like a Southern Baptist or Assembly of God Pentecostal. You know, the Bible is the inspired word of God. It's infallible, incorruptible. It's perfect. It's this and that. It's whatever. So you have the people on that side. And then within Christianity, okay, within the very same religion, you can go all the way to the left. And frankly, I'm not super familiar with the far left because I just, because I just don't, I'm just not affiliated with that group, nor am I affiliated with any group actually within Christianity per se, but I, you know, I just didn't, I don't have, I've not been around that group. So I'm not entirely even certain on who would be considered on the far liberal side of Christianity, but, um, I guess it'd be somewhere maybe around like the Episcopalian kind of view, which is very, uh, very open, very liberal, you know, accepting of gays, they drink, um, they have uh, a pretty open view when it comes to certain things, um, like especially scripture, you know, scripture, 
they believe is valuable. They don't, they don't, they don't believe it's inspired and it's the actual word of God as much as those on the right do. Does that make sense? I mean, it's, it's definitely like stories in the Bible are more to learn a lesson than they are factual stories. All right, we'll be right back with more. All right, we're back. So let me uh, just give you some some things to to ponder and consider, um, and and just some you know some facts, right? Or some things that are in the Bible to consider. Again, I I hope that I've always said that I'm not I'm not trying to be an evangelist for. Um, not being a fundamental uh, evangelical Christian, right? In other words, I'm not trying to win followers, okay? I'm not trying to, if you're an evangelical Christian, I am not trying to get you to not be an evangelical Christian. And and here's, well, here's how I would know that's to, to I don't, I would not benefit <laughs> at all for, to do that. Like I, that, that's not even, I'm not even in that as, like what I do for a living. It's not what I do in any way. Does that make sense? In other words, I don't have anything to gain or to win by, by getting someone who is an evangelical Christian to not be an evangelical Christian. So, so, so there's that. But then the second thing is, so what is my motivation? Well, my, my motivation is clear to me and I, I'm going to make it clear to you right now. My motivation is simply sharing my truth or my uh, perspective, my opinion, in hopes of this one thing. So here's my motivation. To hopefully bring some sense of comfort and peace and a sense of it's okay for all those who might be thinking like me. Okay. That's uh, really, it's about, it's about me sharing my life and sharing my story in hopes of helping whoever might resonate with it. And does that make sense? In other words, if you're an evangelical Christian, I, I don't want you to not be an evangelical Christian. I really don't. If that brings you peace and comfort, and it really makes you a person of love and kindness and grace non-judgmental and yada, yada, yada. I mean, if, if it genuinely, it's awesome for you, then by all means, you continue to walk that path. Okay. So that, that's, that, that, that's not who I'm. Matter of fact, I'm, I say so many things that would unsettle an evangelical Christian. I can't imagine that an evangelical Christian would even listen to me without wanting to, you know, shoot me, to be honest. So, I, when I talk, that's clearly, I'm not trying to convert people because I'm not talking in such a way that would even invite an evangelical to even want to listen to me. So I'm not talking to the evangelical Christian. Now, if you're an evangelical Christian and you like to listen to me because I, you know, because it's entertaining or it's, you think it's like, you know, part and parcel to what the scripture talks about, the very elite will fall away. Well, one, thank you for thinking I'm the very elite. <laughs> that's fallen away. <laughs> that that's flattering. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm super flattered that you would think that. Um, I, I don't think that. <laughs> that would be like a Joel Osteen. That 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 would be like a Joel Osteen or a John MacArthur or some of uh, somebody else. It wouldn't be me. Um, anyway, so if you're an evangelical Christian, please do not convert to my way of thinking. <laughs> this is really for those of you that you resonate with me. Like you literally look forward to my podcast because it's like, I'm talking directly to you. Okay. That's who I'm looking for. And that's who I'm hoping to draw to my podcast. Okay, so some things to consider that 
uh, help to further support my conclusion that uh, the Bible is the words of man about God, so therefore it is imperfect. Um, and one of those would be found in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 20 through 21, and it says, But if this be true, okay, and the tokens of virginity be not found in the damsel, then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house, and the men of her city shall stone her with stones that she die, because she hath wrought folly in Israel to play the whore in her father's house. So shalt thou put away evil from among you." Now, this was some kind of a practice that on the wedding night, the newlyweds were to consummate the relationship on the bed. And if there was blood, then she was a virgin. If there is no blood, she's not a virgin. Now, one that's super stupid, okay, that's super stupid for a lot of reasons. One that's stupid because a woman's hymen can actually be broken due to uh, excessive activity, uh, playing certain sports, certain gymnastics, etc. Okay. So a woman could have been stoned falsely based upon this stupid thing that's in the Bible. Okay? So if God actually wrote the Bible, well, number one, that's just a silly thing to stone someone because they're not a virgin on their... Okay, number one, that's stupid. Number two, if God actually wrote this, God would certainly, you would think and hope, would know the human body and know that a woman could in fact be a virgin and not produce blood when she uh, consummates or, you know, whatever, the has sex, that there would be no blood. Also, uh, you can have sexual intercourse with a woman and she's not a virgin and it produced blood and, and not because, you know, of tearing and anything obnoxious, but just it can happen. So not to mention a woman that could say she's not on her period, but she is. So then, then when she consummates her marriage on the wedding night, there's blood. And so, Hey, she was a virgin and it'd be a lie and a scam. So, but that's in the Bible. Okay. That's in the Bible. Here's another thing that's in the Bible. Leviticus chapter 21, verse 18 through 21. Now I can hear an evangelical saying, well, Timmy, that's the old Testament. I, when people say that, that <laughs> I thought it was the Bible old and new all God inspired, all written, all God written, all right. So don't try to divide it now. Okay. Don't try to divide it now. I don't care if it's old Testament, new Testament, it does not matter. It's all in the Bible. So stop trying to make sense of something that just doesn't make sense. All right. Leviticus 21 for whoever or or for, I'm sorry, for whatsoever man he be that hath a blemish, he shall not approach a blind man or a lame, or he that hath a flat nose, or anything superfluous, or a man that is broken-footed, or broken-handed, or crook-backed, or dwarfed, or that hath a blemish in his eye, or be scurvy, or scabbed, or hath stones, bones broken, no man that hath a blemish of seed of Aaron the priest shall come nigh to offer offerings of the Lord by fire. He hath a blemish, he shall not come nigh to offer bread to God. Seriously? So no deformed people can approach God. They can't approach God. So little people, right? Talking about what AKA formerly known as midgets, 
but that's inappropriate. So we can't say that. So I think we say little person, which seems more derogatory to me anyway, but whatever, you know, small of stature, whatever you want to call it, what they can't, what they can't approach God. (laughs) No one disabled can. uh, Okay. Uh, there's, I got several more written down here, but I don't know if I'm going to read all these. Um, well, here's a goofy one. Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 11. When men strive together one with another, and the wife of one draweth near for the de- to deliver her husband out of the hand of him that smiteth him, or smiteth him. Okay, that means if two guys are fighting. And if she putteth her forth her hand and taketh him by the secrets, okay, that's his balls, then thou shalt cut off her hand. That's in the Bible. Crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Let's, let's. Let's look at a New Testament one, okay? Let's look at a New Testament one for those that keep thinking in their mind. That's the Old Testament. Okay, New Testament. Mark chapter 12, verse 19. Moses has written unto us, if a brother's, if a man's brother dies and leaves his wife behind and has no children, the brother should take up the wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Okay, in just everyday terms, that means... Marry your siblings' spouse if they die and have children. Okay, another New Testament, and and I'll be done. Women shall never teach or have authority over man. (laughs) This is one that people do not want to talk about. Timothy. Chapter 2, verse 11. I think that's, uh, is that 2 Timothy? I didn't write down that. I just put Timothy 2, 11. Let the woman, or it says, I permit no woman to teach or have authority over men. She is to keep silent. That's in the Bible. Now, some might go, well, yeah, that's actually, that's right. <laughs> Okay, well, there you go. Oh, my goodness. Okay, one last one, and I'm only doing this one because this will affect a lot of people. Luke chapter 16, verse 18, Whosoever putteth away his wife and marrieth another committeth adultery. And whosoever marrieth her that is put away from her husband commit adultery. So, what that means is that anyone who has been divorced for any reason whatsoever, according to the Bible, is guilty of adultery to marry, period. Now, obviously, I don't subscribe or hold to any of that nonsense, but those that would consider themselves evangelical or Bible-believing Christians, you either believe it all or you don't believe it all. There is no in-between, right? So this has been part of my journey. There are things like this, and there's many, 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 many more things like this that I could not stand by, I could not condone, I could not agree with, I could not go along with, I could not, I just, you know, I couldn't. So, and there's many other things for me personally that I couldn't go along with. And there's only one way to be able to, in my mind, to honor myself (laughs) and to honor, really, and um, to honor Christianity in general was it's either Well, there's three positions. Well, no, there's two positions. Well, I mean, there's three positions. So it's either all true as it is, and including all those wacky, nutty things I just read. Okay, if you believe that, you know, I believe the Bible, black and white, start to finish, 
Genesis to Revelation. Okay, if you believe that like that, then everything I just read, you have to believe it like that. Because it's clear. It couldn't be clearer. Okay. Now, I couldn't. So what's the other option? So I think there's three options. So there's the everything in, in there is totally what God, and it means exactly what it says, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then on the other side is it's all BS. It's all it's all BS. It's all junk. It's all whatever. Okay. Which I'm not there either. So I'm not on the far right or the far left. Then I think there's like a third option, something in the middle for me, which is some of the Bible is good for reproof and learning and training and all that stuff. And some of it is not. In other words, some of it is true and some of it is not. Some of it is good for learning and some of it is to be thrown out. Okay, like the verses I just read. Okay, those can be thrown out. I'm not saying literally thrown out, but what I mean is for me, I couldn't take a conservative view of Scripture because then that would necessitate that I believe every word of it, including the weird things I just read. So I couldn't. So for me, so for me personally, when people say, well, the Bible says, well, the, the problem I have with that is, well, I don't view the Bible like you. You know, you view it as, you know, factual, uh, incontrovertible, indiscussable, undestructible. I mean, you view it different than me, because if that's how you view it, again, you must view those scriptures as indestructible, incorruptible. Like you have to view those crazy things I just read as factual. And that's the way it is. In other words, we should stone people if they're not virgins on their wedding night. Like that's exactly what the Bible says. And it's as clear as day. You can't back out of it. I don't care how you try to back out of it. Okay. You can't throw it into, well, that's the old Testament. I just read some new Testament shenanigan, crazy stuff. And so it, you can't. Okay. The only way you can pick and choose is to have a more open view of the scripture which is the, the more the view I have, which is a very open view, meaning it's very likely that Moses is a fictional, a fictitious mythical figure. Now, do I think he was? I don't know. I really, I really don't. I've not done enough study on it, but many Bible scholars and theologians. Okay. Yeah. I know that shocks people. There are many theologians and scholars that believe that Moses actually probably wasn't a real person. Um, I mean, you know, wow. Right. Same with like Noah's Ark. Uh, I, I personally don't believe that that Noah built an ark and saved, you know, two of all the species on the planet and yada, yada. I don't believe that. I don't believe that story like that. Do I believe there was a flood? Yes. Do I believe because that flood aligns with a lot of other um, flood stories from different groups all around the world. So, yes, I believe there was some cataclysmic event that. Um, led to, you know, floods and yada, yada, yada. Of course. I mean, I, I, yeah, I totally believe that. Yeah. I believe there was a flood, but I don't believe that the Noah account is the account that we should all study to learn about, about that. Okay. Again, this is my personal thing. This is very personal. Um, so when it comes to the, you know, the, the Bible being the word of God, it, you know, to me, to me, to me, it's just, it's clear that it's not actually the word of God. It's the word of man about God or the word of men in regards to what they think about this so-called God or supreme being or higher power or whatever. And for me, the only way that I could reconcile this view that I now hold because, okay, because if the word, if the Bible is the word of God, the scriptures I just read are nutty. And if God, according to, if you believe it's the word of God, then God wrote that crap or at least told people to write that crap. That's nuts. I mean, that's just nuts. If anyone was to live that way today, they would be in jail. They would be imprisoned. So, you know, to me, it's like, clearly the, the, the Bible's not the word of God. <laughs> it's the words of men. That to me is the only way you can explain away the crazy corruptedness that's in, included in the Bible. 
I mean, that God would order to kill all men, women, and children, and animals, and like, what? Like, that's, God's not Hitler. So, so for me, the only way I could reconcile some of the crazy stuff in the Bible and still maintain my faith, remember, this whole podcast is all about me and my journey as a 30, 30 years as an evangelical pastor and leaving that, escaping religion and finding faith. The only way I could maintain my faith was to change my view of Scripture from being the Word of God to being the words of man about God. That was the only way I could reconcile that, because otherwise God's a sadistic murderer. He's a serial murderer. I mean, and again, I don't think that he is, but I'm just saying that's, I don't know how else to, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how else to view it um, outside of viewing it like that. So yeah, like for me, I had to make a shift to maintain my faith. I had to make a shift in order to still love God and to still um, um, want to know God and to, to, to search spiritual things. There was only one way for that to happen. And, and that was for me to, to have a more open-minded view of the Holy Scriptures and and go from a it's the word of God to no it's the it's man's word about God because that's the only way that I could under under or make sense of and reconcile the the craziness and the nuttiness that's included in Scripture. Um, so so you know therefore because of my view, um, so so each so every view I think of the Bible has its own issues, right? Clearly, if you believe it's the Word of God and all that, well, obviously those scriptures I just read are something that you have to reconcile. You have to explain away somehow, some way. You have to f- explain it away and figure it out some way. Okay, You have to s- make up some convoluted BS to make it make sense. Okay, And I know this because I spent 30 years doing that. Okay, I spent 30 years making up stuff, trying to <laughs> reconcile the, the crazy stuff in there. Okay. So, so there's, so that's that struggle. Then on the other struggle, like on, on the side where I'm at, there's of course. So when people, so people on either side pick and choose, we do again, I shifted because I couldn't reconcile those things. I was so tired of trying to defend and deflect and try to spin things around and flip it and spin it and put magic dust on it to make it not seem as crazy. Okay. I was, I was tired of doing that. Now on the other end where I'm at now, um, it's also, it gives me freedoms, but it also then makes, you know, what, what is in the Bible that actually is inspired, right? Like what, what parts of the Bible are actually, uh, inspired. So, you know, an evangelical would put me to the task by saying, well, you know, so since it's not the inspired word of God, you know, what can be trusted, what can be true? Well, (laughs) you know, again, I think both, again, I'm, I'm willing to, to accept that, but it's the same for for both sides. It's the same, you know, as a Bible thumping person, you've got to explain away a lot of stuff and twist and finagle things to make sense. And what's so funny to me is that now not all Christians, okay, not all, please, 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 not all, okay. But but the evangelical, you know, still holds pretty fast to homosexuality is an abomination. It's a sin, which I find so ironic. I find that so ironic because you're talking about seven verses in the Bible. I think that's what it is. Seven verses that even address homosexuality. Jesus never addressed it directly ever, ever, which, you know, you would have thought that he would, if it was really that big of an issue or needed to be addressed, but he didn't. 
But yet, that verse I did read in Luke about if you marry, if you get divorced and marry, then you're an adulterer. Or if you marry someone who was married before, you're an adulterer. It's like that can't be more black and white. So that's when people talk about homosexuality. Like, well, it's just black and white. You know, the Bible says it's an abomination, so it's an abomination. <laughs> but then, like that verse, you know, they're like, well, you know, twist, 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 to make that make sense. Why? Well, because they're divorced. Or they're married to someone who was divorced. It's like they got to make it make sense because they can't be guilty, right? They can talk about homosexuality like they do because they're not homosexuals, but they they're a heterosexual who's been divorced. So of course they got to make that scripture make sense so that they're not an adulterer and go to hell forever to burn forever and ever and ever. And it's just ridiculous. I, I find it so I don't even know, to be honest with you. It's just so absolutely craziness. Uh, and again, you know, I speak from 30 years as an evangelical Christian, so I know from which I speak all views, whether you believe all the way that it's inspired, it's the Word of God, has its challenges and has its um parts that you got to reconcile all the way to the side of it's man. It's, you know, it's the words of, it's the word of man about God. So, you know, what is true? What, what is, you know, what is correct in the Bible? And again, I can only say in my personal view is allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you. I mean, that's, you know, allowing your inner your inner intuition to lead you and guide you. Um, you know, because I don't believe that I don't believe in the, well, you know, that crazy verse about stoning a girl that's ended up not being a virgin, you know, because that's stupid, then all of the Bible is stupid. Well, you know, I don't go there, right? You know, I don't believe it's the, if any of it's not true, then all of it's not true. I'm, I'm not in that camp at all. Uh, in other words, if that, you know, if like if that part can't be trusted, then that person can't be trusted at all. You know, it, it, like I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that view, even when it comes to people. Well, if that person's going to be dishonest about that, then they'll be dishonest about everything. I mean, <laughs> that's not necessarily true. Okay. It, I mean, that's just not actually true. Uh, could be true of some people. Okay. Totally. But not true of all people. Um, so, you know, I, I think that things can be, um, there can be lots of truth within uh, the scriptures, even when there are other things that aren't true or were just littered with, you know, man's personal perspective or what men thought rather than what God actually thought, right? Did God actually intend on them to stone a woman who wasn't, a virgin on her wedding night. <laughs> I, well, let me just say, I would sure hope not, because if that truly is the way God is, I mean, he's a nutcase. And if that's how it is, and those that would follow him to the T are also nutcases. If that's what God is like stone, the ver stone, those who aren't virgins uh, and do you know cut off hands of people that did that would be just nutty. So uh, bringing this plane to a, a landing here is the Bible, the word of God. I believe it to be the Bible is the word of man about God. Therefore, there's no way that it can be perfect. There's no way that all of it can be used in helpful ways if applied but that also, in my mind, doesn't mean that there's not a lot of good to be taken from the Bible. The Bible, I believe, for the most part, has a lot of great teachings, especially, especially when you get into the teachings of Jesus, which are the teachings that I resonate with most, you know, loving your enemy and living a life of love and kindness and grace and mercy and forgiveness, 
you know, when I think of those things, those are the things that I resonate with most. And one of the greatest things that Jesus ever said, which was when the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery thrown at his feet, you know, Jesus knelt down and be, down and began to write in the sand and said, ye, which are without sin, cast the first stone. And the eldest, typically being the wisest, dropped their stone and walked away. And so to me, that's what I would say for today. Ye who are without sin, cast the first stone. Guys, thanks for joining me today. Number one thing, most important, it'll change the world. Love yourself and love others. God bless. Thank you.